farmers are a lot of things. They produce food. They It's like the number one industry at pulling countries out of poverty. But fundamentally, they're like the custodians of the planet. And so if you can give farmers the tools to run a more productive, sustainable farm, well, then you're going to see this just huge impact on the world. So that's our motivation. That's where we're going. And we're very pure about that. If we can come up with a better way to achieve that, a better product, we will build it. We will invest and we will give it everything we've got. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Hey folks, greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Spain. Today we're speaking with Craig Piggott, who is the Chief Executive and Founder at Halter. Halter's mission is to make this half of the planet more productive and sustainable. Halter is moving pretty fast, deploying their technology into new farms on a daily basis. So today we're going to hear from Craig and and learn a little bit of the Halter journey. Welcome along to the show, Craig. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. It's been really interesting, actually. You know, watching some of um, you know Halter's journey from from a distance, and uh, I think I mentioned before the show, um, you know, Halter is is one of the the New Zealand sort of success stories that mm-hmm. you know I'll often talk about when I'm I'm speaking, uh, doing a keynote or at at an event around you know the role of technology and and futurist thinking, and you know Halter seems to be a company that has been able to really apply you know what I would call a futurist mindset to the world of, of agriculture. So, you know, very, yep. very excited to, uh, to sit down and, and chat before we delve into the, the story. I will say a big thank you to our show uh, show partners. So a big thank you to uh, 1NZ, 2 Degree, Spark, HP and Gorilla Technology for, uh, for their wonderful support uh, of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. You know, maybe we can start by hearing a little bit about, you know, how your journey started out. Where did you grow up uh, and, uh, you know, how did your interests come together in terms of, uh, you know, farming and and technology? So born and bred on dairy farms uh, or pasture-based dairy farms. Um, So definitely was safe to say it's kind of in the blood and my parents are are still farming today. Um, And then there was down in the the Waikato and then uh, moved to Auckland to study engineering. Um, So that was, I'd say, a pretty pivotal part of the journey. really learning like how does technology work and and where's it going and what are the trends there. Uh, and then found myself at, as an engineer, uh, working at Rocket Lab at the time. It was a, it was still well and truly a startup. This was maybe six, seven years ago now. Um, and that was just an incredible experience, um, witnessing uh, PDB raise money and, and build this satellite launch company in New Zealand, which obviously has no history or no heritage of, of aerospace. And that was very inspiring. And, and I learned a lot, uh, my time at Rock Lab, uh, just a feeling like none other. I'd never, I'd worked at various engineering places beforehand. And, uh, every day when you turned up to work, you truly felt like you were working on something that mattered with a very passionate, inspired, hardworking group of individuals. Um, and I remember, thinking I'm just so lucky. That is, I, you know, many people probably never find uh, a purpose or a mission so fulfilling or, or worthy. Um, and that was pretty addictive. That was like, okay, for the rest of my life, I want to be part of environments like this. Um, and so leaving to start Halter was a tough decision. Um, but I knew from day one, like, okay, well, kind of, it's compulsory that I recreate an environment like that. Um, uh, yeah when you know what great looks like, you're never going to settle for anything less. So, 
Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's re- really interesting. And so, when it when it came to yeah, your initial mm-hmm. ideas for for mm-hmm. Halter, you know, how long did they sort of take to to percolate from yep. you know from from the beginning? Yeah, and think of of um, you know Peter Beck's story with with Rocket Lab. There, you know, there was a journey there over over quite a period of time. What yeah. did it look like for you? Well. I went full time on Halter at the start of 2017, so I guess that's six years. Uh, and I'd been really working on it for about a year before that. Um, so definitely, it's been a journey. Uh, it's been, I don't know, three, five times harder than you would ever imagine uh, at the start, but it's been also a lot more fun. And uh, the, yeah, there's a lot of excitement there. Um, uh, but yeah, definitely been a journey. Uh, when I left Rock Lab to start, um, I didn't strictly know what the product would be or what what like Halter today looks very different to Halter at day one or day zero. Um, but I I knew for sure that the industry uh, the industry had a lot of room to to improve and there's a lot of pressure on agriculture and and knowing the world of tech and then knowing the world of ag and seeing the gap between the two. And I thought that was the interesting piece. It's like, okay, well how do you help to bridge bridge that gap? So many of the breakthroughs in tech could apply to agriculture if only someone was like filling the gap. And so that was really the initial, you could call it a thesis. Um, and uh, we've been building products and and releasing uh, things for, for our customers and farmers kind of ever since really. Um, so, so you saying at that twenty seventeen point, you didn't yep. have a you didn't have a product at that point. No, we definitely didn't have a product. Uh, we had a few ideas and prototypes, and uh, actually, very quickly, we. Uh, so, when you, uh, as an engineer, you're kind of trained to think in first principles. Um, and so, if you boil down the first principles of a pasture based um, dairy farm, you sounds simple when you say like this, but you very quickly get to cows and grass. Um, and the interaction between the two is like really where the magic happens. And so um, if you are wanting to help make a farm more efficient or more productive or more sustainable, that's kind of the area you're going to focus in on. And so we, uh, we obsessed over that. So, okay, well, what would technology look at that part of, of the farm? There's obviously been a lot of technology on the fringes, on feed additives, all around the edges, but nothing quite right at the heart. And so we went after that and we spent – Really the first like three, could probably say the first three or four years of Halter was just deep R&D uh, engineering, trying to really understand how we can make a difference and build a product that mattered for, for farmers. Um, and so very quickly we started to build a collar or wearable that goes on a cow and understanding animal behavior and working out how we could train cows and, and monitor them. And so it was always through this lens of how do we help farmers grow and utilize more grass, but um, yeah, that was kind of how the journey evolved. And then as you hire a team, obviously, and, and add people, then it really starts to, to go. Yeah. You know, for those that, that don't know too much about um, Halter, yeah, maybe walk us through what it is that you're doing, what's what's yep. the technology uh, that you've developed, and, yep. and you know, what, what benefits does this bring to your yep. your customers? Why, why, why are people, yep. you know, excited and, uh, and doing business with you? Great question. Um, so in the simplest sense, we are a collar and an app. Um, we put a collar on every cow and the farmer has an app on their phone. Um, that's the like what you see uh, to start with. Um, now what the, what the collar can do, I guess, uh, so the first one 
is it collects a lot of data. Um, so it's monitoring the animal, their health, their fertility, uh, calving, all this type of stuff. Um, and so a lot of people would say, oh, it's kind of like a Fitbit or an Apple Watch for, for cow. And you're like, yep, that's, that is the kind of the first part. That's relatively understandable. Um, the second piece is we the collar is actually able to train these animals. Um, so cows are already trained on farms to fences and a whole lot of cues. Um, and we are training, we're using the same principles, but using uh, cues on the collar and, and software to, to do that. And so that enables us to really help increase the efficiency and the precision on on these farms um, in a way where uh, you're really working with what's best for the cows and, and the farmers. So what that means for a farmer, um, right now they have paddocks uh, and they can put up manually put up fences to be precise. Um, but uh, if you should give 90% of a paddock, do you put up a fence and leave behind this little 10% slither? No, that's just the practicality of farming. But 10% is... is uh, actually quite a lot when you look at the size of these farms and the revenue they're, they're doing and, and those those bits matter. And so you could say like precision farming or precision grazing is, is a big part of it. Um, secondly, because we're able to fence and, and, and move these cows around, uh, there's a labour-saving component. Labour is really tough in, in agriculture. Not that many people want to go live in the middle of nowhere and wake up at 4.30 in the morning um, and work 80, 100-hour weeks. Um and so labor has been tough for a while um, and that's a, a really important part of it. It's just helping to reduce the workload for these farmers. Um, and then because of all the monitoring side, the animal health um, and well-being piece as well. So it's kind of a – you could summarize all that as a platform to help farms be more efficient, more sustainable, more productive. Um, and we're always – it's evolving. Uh, we release new products almost every day. Um, we can update the collars remotely and update the app as well. So, um, yeah, more recently, uh, especially in this market, uh, tightening macro and, and a downturn in milk price and things like that, it's like uh, the, the focus from almost every farmer is pasture. It's the cheapest form of feed. How do we get more efficient with pasture? How do we grow and harvest more grass? Um, and that's exactly what we really where we started, if you go full circle, um, and that's what we've been working on. Yeah, exciting. And so, you know, with, with the collar able to, you know, di direct, you know, mm -hmm. your, your cows about and so on, does that basically mean that the fences that we're used to, you know, having around around paddocks and so mm -hmm. on, are, are no longer going to be needed in the in the future? Is that is that kind of the reality, or you know, how 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 good is the how good is the technology, you know, yep. versus the sort of older approach, and how how do you see that sort of playing out longer term? Yes, good question, and a very common question. Um, so fences are already there um, for the most part. Yeah. Um, so we're not really out to some people ask, oh well, you know, how much? Yeah, fences are expensive to build, and well, we're not really trying to replace a fence. Um, it's actually more about how do you be more precise than a fence or than a paddock. Um, and so, you know, why would you buy halter? You to grow and harvest more grass uh, through being more precise. So um, fences are there. Uh, do some farmers pull them out? For sure. Some farmers after a while start to pull them out. They're in the way. They restrict what you can do. Um, and so, uh, but that's it's not compulsory. If on day one when we turned up, we said, all right, step one is pull all your fences out. Every farmer would look at us, <laughs> you know, like we're crazy. Um, and so, no, we, the product works around the fences that are there. Um, and we operate with a level of precision 
uh, kind of a beyond that. But yeah. in theory, you wouldn't need them. You could just full fewer to do a greenfield farm. You would just have a big long meadow of grass and cows, and you wouldn't need the fences. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that that precision. What's yep. the what's the benefit that that you know that brings to a farmer? So um, some farmers, some we're talking pasture based uh, dairy farmers here. Uh, a lot of uh, dairy farmers would say, I'm not really a dairy farmer. I'm really a grass farmer. Um, uh, the cows, as long as I keep the cows happy and healthy, um, I don't have much control over like how a cow converts grass to, to milk. So that's a static um, variable, really. Um, and obviously animal husbandry and the monitoring and the health piece is really important. But that's a lot of farmers do a good job of that and, mm. and a world class of that. So... Then the question becomes like, all right, well, then uh, I buy a lot of land. It's expensive. Uh, how do I ensure I'm growing and harvesting as much grass off that land? That's the variable that's that changes massively farm to farm. Um, uh, maybe to, just to double click, um, if you took a farm that's growing 13 tonnes of pasture per hectare, it's, it's like the unit you would track, the difference between 13 and 16 would be double the, the profitability. Um and the difference between the bottom 25% and the top 25% is easily that three ton. Um, so we see within the same region, even across the road, these differences. And that just comes down to how you manage your grass um, mm. and how you actually uh, – It's a today it's very much a, an art. It's intuition. It's, it's a feel. Uh, and we're trying to turn that into a far more of a science, um, giving farmers the data they need to, to do that and make good decisions. And, and so with that data – how how much then sort of still comes back on the farmer's expertise and yep. and, and and how much could some you know, random person like me go, all right, I'm going to go and buy a farm. <laughs> let, let, let's try out uh, Halter's technology. Let's see if I can, uh, you know, beat beat, yep. beat the average, um, yep. you know, farmer. I'm, I'm presuming I'm sort of somewhat on a hiding to, to nothing on, on that basis. It, it would definitely be easier. <laughs> um, but we – so we would say uh, – uh, you could liken our product to being a cockpit. Um, imagine right now if you're a farmer, you are making decisions every hour of the day yep. based on a feel, really. You don't have – you've got imperfect information uh, and you're you're just forced to make these decisions every day. Um, and so we aren't replacing the decision-making. Um, the farmer is still the pilot. We're just the cockpit. So we want to make sure we give them all the information they need to make the trade-offs to get the right the balance right. Uh, and to ensure they're achieving whatever goals. Um, and there's a few really important reasons why we're never going to – we don't want to run the farm. Like, we don't know what the farmer's goal is. Their goal might be, I want to coach my kid's hockey team. I want to get off farm as soon as possible, and I want to spend more time with my children. Um, uh, the farm next door might be about growing equity, uh, being more profitable. Um, so, you know, who are we to tell them, like, how to use the the product exactly? So – we um, we help we you know hopefully help them achieve their their goals. That's I guess us doing our job right. Mm. Um, but we we don't tell you what to what to do. Um, and every farmer knows their cows and their land and far better than we would. So now tell me about building and and growing a successful team. It's something you've done well at. You've been winning awards along the the long the way. Most recently at the NZ High Tech Awards, you you had the uh, most innovative high tech. Uh, Agritech uh, solution. Yep. You've got some good stuff that's that's mm-hmm. going on here. Um, mm-hmm. 
how have you done that? Have you found the, the right sort of people and um, you know help them all be focused in in the same same direction and and you know had the growth yeah. that you've had to date? Yeah, good, <laughs> big question, good yeah. one though. Um, so I think <laughs> probably looping back to that point, that one of the lessons from Rocket Lab around if you have a worthy mission and a set of hard problems, you can attract some some world-class talent. Um, so that's definitely true. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, trying to uh, make an entire industry more productive and sustainable, um, one that's been historically hard to uh, deploy or uh, technology into and, uh, is a, there's no shortage of technical challenges and go-to-market challenges and, and all that. So I think the right ingredients are there, so that's a good start. Uh, and then I think the second most important is that you actually, you care about it. You 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 truly believe that hiring the right people and fostering the right culture is um, is important to you. Uh, I think a lot of people, you definitely hear people that think, oh, our culture's like, you know, don't have time for that or it's not that important. It's like, well, you don't get to choose. It's there anyway. It's just whether you design it or not. Like, you know, how they how people interact when you're not around is is still there. And so we've, from the beginning, always put a big emphasis on who do we hire, um, how do we, who are the leaders in the business, and and what is the culture? Because that's fundamentally what is a company, right? We could change our name, we could change our product, we could change our logo, and and we'd still be uh, just who who what is what is there, and who are we as a company? It's our it's our team and our culture, and and so we've always focused on that. And it's take it's been hard. Hiring is incredibly difficult. Um, especially like if you were to, I would describe our culture as a, as a high performing and relatively intense, uh, place to work, to be fully honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but that attracts ambitious people that want to achieve. Um, it's not for everybody and we're not trying to make it for everybody, but, um, if you want to have impact on the world and, and really, you know, get excited about working with world-class people and put in the effort, then. Yeah, I think it's a great place to um, – our team really enjoys that part of it. So, yeah, it is – it's just so important. You can't even overstate how important people and culture is. Mm. It sounds like the, you know, the pace at which you're moving, you know, you need uh, people that are, you know, in, you know, mm-hmm. 110% yep. on, the, on the mission yep. and – you know, maybe that's not just a sort of nine to five thing. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so how how does you know how does that sort of play out and you know and yeah. in, in practice? Well, yeah, it's definitely not nine to five. I would say everybody at Holter is is a high performer. We talk a lot about high performance, and and we have all sorts of. We've got the people that you know work to midnight every night and work every weekend, and and I'd probably put myself somewhat in that camp, and um, and that's. No one's asking us to. It's because we want to. It's because we enjoy what we do. Um, down the other end of the spectrum, we've got plenty of people with families and, and kids and they have hard shoulders to the day, but they're like incredibly focused with their work. They uh, they get the result. Um, they somehow make it make it work. So it doesn't come with, you know, huge sacrifice uh, from a lot of the team. And we really uh, have a lot of respect for that. And that probably comes down to the how ambitious we are on the mission. And so, yeah, we try and I think the most important thing is when someone signs a contract, they know what they're signing up for. Um, yeah. We're not trying to pretend. We're very 
almost part of the interview process is like the anti, the anti sell. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would you want to leave your cushy corporate job and come work for a startup? Like, yeah, you know, it's it's fast paced, it's long hours, it's uh, it's you know, just day and night. Um, uh, but for the right person, that's that's you know, they love it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, some elements of that are reasonably common um, within the startup world, yep. right? There, there is this this need to move, you know, to move very, very, very quickly. Yep. And you know, you've you've had people that have that have backed you. There yep. will be, you know, competitive pressures and, and just to achieve yep. the goals that you're trying to achieve, you can't kind of sit back and say, hey, we've got unlimited time to, to you know, to, to do this, yep. right? I've thought of quite a bit about this because – um, you can find every different example of, of culture in many successful companies. Mm, um, mm. So there's obviously no right or wrong uh, culture. I think the most important is that it's aligned and shared. You just can't have completely divergent styles within this. You've got to be all on the same page, at least rowing in the same direction. Yes. Um, and so I think you just have to be very true to what your culture is. Um, there's a few first principles that are important. Like for us, farming is 24-7. Like if our customers – if there's an issue and our customers need us on a Sunday, well, then they need us on a Sunday. That's like, that's just the industry that we play in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if when I was farming, uh, it didn't matter if it was Christmas day, you still needed to milk the cows, feed the kids. Like there was work to be done before you got home and pulled the presents out from under the tree. So, um, yeah, that's a, it's a lifestyle. And, and that like, we, we obsess over our customers. That's why we're here. And, and so, of course, that flows through. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. And and so, how have you kind of you know built the the team and the team sort of you know culture? How's how does everyone sort of you know gel together <laughs> whilst whilst yeah. you know working working so hard? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that we still are. That's the first thing. Like yeah. you know, we're still really early in the journey to to achieving the mission. Um, um, how, oh, there's a lot to that. It's, it's every, probably the answer is it's every interaction. It is you, it's not what you get up and say. It's not the slide deck you share. Um, it is, it's every, it's how you promote. It's how you hire. It's how you, uh, it's how you act. It's how the leaders, what the leaders value, what the leaders do, um, how you coach and grow people. It's just, Every interaction. Um, uh, that might not sound convenient. Uh, like you obviously can't fake it if it's just every interaction. But um, yeah, I get asked a lot. Like Holter is probably notorious for being a very high velocity company. We ship a lot of product very quickly. Mm -hmm. we, there's a lot of urgency in the culture. And so I get asked by a lot of other founders, how do you, how do you move fast? Like, well... It's not really like five steps to move fast, otherwise everybody would do it. It's it's in every interaction. It's when someone says, okay, cool, I'll get that to you by the end of the week, and you say, oh, can we have it today? Any reason why you couldn't do it today? Uh, no, I could probably do it today. Perfect. You know, well, there's three days shaved off. Um, and if that's every – you can see how the, the clock speed of the company changes if every interaction is, is faster. Um, so, yeah, it's just, just consistently um, – we have a lot of tactical things. We're, I'd say we focus a lot on feedback. We believe in this concept of talent density. So um, we try and have world-class high performers in every single seat. Um, 
we are, yeah, context over control. There's a lot of these like beliefs to the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why hire the famous quote, why hire smart people and tell them what to do. Um, hire smart people and just give them all the context they need to, to do their job. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things we, we spend a lot of time on. Now, what, what do you see as sort of the future, you know, potential of, of Halter? Yep. Um, you know, the, 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 the business has been, you know, well known for the collar, the, the mm-hmm. cattle wear. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you've recently released your Pasture Pro yep. um, app. There's, you know, there's a lot of possibilities when it comes to sort of, yep. you know, lever- leveraging te- technology. Um, you know, within within the you know agriculture world. Yeah. Um, so you know, what's your latest tech, and and you know, where do you see things sort of evolving over the over the years ahead, and even sort of the markets because your your focus at the moment very much New Zealand and and Australia, I take yep. it, but I'm sure there's a a potential beyond that as well. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um. So, uh, yeah, I'll start with the mission. I know you touched on it right at the beginning. Um. Half the world's habitable landmass is agriculture. Um, so how do you how do you help that half to be more productive and more sustainable? Um, that's really answering the question: How do we feed the world as it grows, growing population? How do we increase food production and do that in a manner which is sustainable? Um, and past, we believe pasture farming is like right at the heart of that. Um, it's four times as much carbon in the soil as there is on everything above. Uh, above uh, the soil and a 0.4% increase in soil carbon would offset the entire world's emissions. So like we are, farmers are a lot of things. They produce food. They, it's like the number one industry at pulling countries out of poverty. Um, uh, But fundamentally they're like the custodians of the planet. And so if you can give farmers the tools to run a more productive, sustainable farm, well, then you're going to see this just huge impact on the world. So that's our motivation. That's why, uh, that's where we're going. Um, and we're very pure about that. Um, if we can come up with a better way to achieve that, a better product, um, we will build it. We will invest and we will give it everything we've got to move the ball forward in that direction. Um, the most recent step we took was a product we call Pasture Pro. Um, uh, and that comes back to the fact that pasture is just the single most important thing on uh, for the productivity of these of these farms, and uh, Darian Z would say, eighty five percent of a farm's profitability is pasture harvest. Um, different consultants and experts would would frame that in different ways, but um, that's a that's a product one hundred percent designed for this current market where the payout's tight, um, and these farms have to be efficient. They don't they can't just do what they did last year, like it is. It is a different market and there's pressure there. And so these farms kind of have to innovate. They have to change. And and that's that's why we build that product. Um, and so it's trying to give farmers the tools to grow and harvest more grass. So that involves – the outcome sounds relatively simple and we try and keep it very simple and usable for our, for our farmers. You know, when you're out in the field and it's raining and your hand's covered in mud and uh, you're trying to use it, it's got to be good. Um, but the – Technology under the hood or behind the scenes is like very bleeding edge. The whole stack is is based on like a lot of the most recent machine learning and uh, and there's a lot of things that wouldn't have been possible even just you know, a couple of years ago, um, which is pretty cool. It's cool to see that full spectrum. Um, we hire some of the best 
yeah, machine learning engineers, software engineers, designers from around the world, and then teach them farming and, and pair them up with the best farmers we can find and and you get some pretty cool, cool thinking. Yeah, we, when we were talking uh, before we started, you know, you talked about, um, you know, being able to point your point your smartphone, take a you know take a take a photo of the the, the grass, the pasture, yep. uh, and and for you know the AI tech that you've built, mm. you know, basically to to give you feedback that you know mm-hmm. in in the past would have taken a you know a very well established uh, you know farmer. Yep. Uh, to be able to look at and and to you know give an opinion on, but this yep. is now the sort of technology you can you know you can put in the hands of of someone that's you know that's just started, mm-hmm. and and the technology will actually give you some you know some pretty strong pointers in, in the decision making yes. uh, processes. So yeah, that's a it's a great example. Um, so the reason we started Holter in New Zealand is because New Zealand is world leading at pasture farming. It's like pretty. It's very hard to argue with. Um, they're incredibly efficient. They're incredibly pr- productive. So then, if you take the top one percent of the farmers here, you're like really pretty spoiled for uh, for knowledge and and exposure to um, to to the science behind. And and a lot of those farmers can, by eye, after a long period of time, start to assess pasture and quality and and residuals and. Um, but that's a it takes a while to learn. Um, it's very hard to train staff. It's different. Obviously, there's human bias and stuff. So, but all that that's enough to help you realize. Okay, well, if a good farmer can do it by eye, then we can take. I wonder how many photos it would take for us to do that with a phone. Um, turns out a lot. Uh, but you go and capture tens of thousands of photos of of. In this case, it's a residual. Um, so, how much grass you leave behind? Really important. A critical metric uh, to to harvesting, growing and harvesting a lot of grass, and we can now. That's now a product. So now anybody, you could be, you could have never, like literally, um, someone that's never stepped foot on a farm could pull out their phone, take a photo, and it can tell them whether that's good or bad, um, whether you graze it too hard, too high, too low, um, and so you're really you're trying to support the decision making of these farmers, so they can have staff do it. They um, yeah, because these top farmers aren't always on farm. They're juggling so many different things, trying to run a business. They're trying to hire and manage staff. You know, there's many, many parts of farming. They're not always out there in the paddock mm, looking at the mm, grass. Mm. Um, that's one element of it. Um, you know, we ingest satellite data. We use machine learning to learn every square meter of their soil. We fuse it with local weather data off the collars to build a picture of how much grass is in every piece of the farm and track do all sorts of analytics and track that over time and help farmers to know how the how it's tracking over the season and things like that. Yeah, it sounds sounds really exciting. Sounds like probably a, a lot more challenges to to deal with ahead. But yep. as you get this right, this is a sort of thing that can, you know, tilt an economy in a in a much, you know, better direction and and, yep. and have a really big impact. Um I'm I'm picking, you know, sometimes it only makes, you know, it's only a only a sort of small Small percentage change, and you know, in yep. in one uh, situation, and and yep. actually the flow on can be, you know, can be really big from that, can't it? A hundred percent. We, um, yeah, I think as a, if you if you do your job right, then that's exactly what what should happen. Um, especially in New Zealand, agriculture is such a big part of the economy. Um, uh, yeah, even just uh, about an hour before this, we um, got off a, a call and. 
and it was a customer that had uh, had doubled their their EBIT per hectare, so their profitability um, uh, from having hulked a Versa control farm. Um, so that's a we're not talking like little increments around the edges. It's there's a step change, um, and so then the question is like, okay, well, how quickly can you scale, and can we get this across? You know, a meaningful um, chunk of the market, and and that's where you'll start to see productivity gains through through the sector, and um, which is great for New Zealand, and and I think ultimately the 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 world. The ambitions are obviously global. Um, <laughs> there's no uh, there's no shortage of ambition. Uh, it's just trying to get the focus right, and uh, yeah, fantastic. Well, really exciting to uh, chat with you, Craig, and and you know get some of the 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 inside. Uh, you know, knowledge on on what you've been up to with uh, with Halter. Um, certainly, very. Uh, it's going to be, a, I think, a really interesting journey ahead. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll look, look forward to you know having you back on ag- again in the future uh, as as things progress and as you go out and uh, um, you know beat beat the competitors <laughs> on on the global uh, global stage. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for your time. Cool. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Well, thanks everyone for joining us uh, on this episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. And of course, a big thank you to our show partners as well, Gorilla Technology, HP, Spark, Two Degrees and One NZ. Uh, and if you've been watching the live stream, uh, of course, go and find the podcast in your uh, in your favourite podcast app, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, etc. And follow the show there. If you are listening to the audio uh, podcast, which I know is, is most of you, um, it is well worth uh, you know catching some of the live streams as well. Have a look and, and follow us, whether that's uh, YouTube, Twitter, slash X, Facebook, or you can follow myself, Paul Spain, on LinkedIn. Um, and those are the channels which we, uh, which we stream live to uh, most Tuesday afternoons. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you very much, Craig. Cool. Thank you. All right. Pleasure. All the best. The New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.